We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Ball settles in a clean pocket, and it is cut by Keanu. 20, 15, 10, 5, on his feet, touchdown! What a play! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU football fans. And when I say evening, I mean evening. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars wrap up the regular season in Northern California against the Stanford Cardinal. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football, the final regular season game of the Independence Era taking place tonight and joining me from the site of the matchup from Stanford Stadium is our analyst former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley what's the uh, what's the weather like today in Stanford California? Every time well I'll tell you when I this morning when I walked out of my hotel and I breathed in the fresh bay air I was like <laughs> man how does like uh, now I get why everybody puts up with the tra- with the traffic and the taxes and the everything else to live here because it's absolutely beautiful night here. It's cool, crisp, perfect football temperatures. It's in the high 60s right now. It's going to be slowly descending throughout the day, but I mean, crystal clear. Couldn't ask for better. The turf looks great uh, for being the last game of the season. Of course, you know the the Bermuda turf that they get out here is always uh, in good shape, and, and Northern California air is really conducive to it. Uh, anyway, there's your weather report. But bottom line is I can't wait to see some football here tonight. Well, and this game has no bowl implications for BYU after the Cougars beat Utah Tech. They picked up the sixth win. They are bowl eligible, so this has no bearing on whether or not the Cougars will play in a bowl. At this point, we still don't know which bowl BYU is going to play in. I think we all thought by now we would probably have a decent idea, but regardless of the fact, to me, Riley, this game is all about taking momentum into those extra three weeks of practice before the bowl game. That's what tonight is. It's set the tone. You've won two in a row in the season on a three-game winning streak. Take some momentum into those practices and then into the bowl game. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, I agree. I also agree with just for some reason – Eight wins feels so much better than seven. You know, seven's a game above 500. Eight, you've kind of cleared that 500 threshold. Of course, it's not that 10, but um, yeah, you need the extra practice to continue to to develop your guys. I mean, whenever you have, you honor 38 people, and granted, not all of them are locks to go. We will see some of them potentially come back and play for the Cougars uh, in 2023, but whenever you have 38 people that are honored on a senior night, you need as many practices in the season to be as long as possible to develop the young talent within the program and then also you know closing out the season on a win streak and a bowl win helps with going out and recruiting both getting kids out of high school and kids from the transfer portal which I think is really for me going to be the biggest offseason storyline outside of BYU uh, entering into their first season in the Big 12. All right before the Cougars face the Cardinal let's get to our game headlines. 
And as we mentioned, final regular season game of the year for BYU. An opportunity to pick up the seventh win of the season. And then, as Riley mentioned, if you can win your bowl game, that's eight wins on the year. Certainly, there were higher aspirations than just a possibility of eight wins. But uh, I agree with Riley, and it's it's... It's, you know, kind of goes without saying, well, eight is better than seven. It is, but it also it feels more significant than just one win. Uh, but as we mentioned, BYU playing its final regular season game as an independent, already bowl eligible, coming off the blowout win over Utah Tech. This was interesting, Riley, and I don't know if you had this same situation, but for whatever reason in my mind, I just felt like I remembered more than just two previous games between BYU and Stanford, but that's all there's been. The, the games were in 2003 and 2004, and that's it. Yeah, I thought that too. I, when I uh, we started our prep for this week, I was going to see some back and forth. But yeah, two games, back-to-back years, 2003 and 2004. Uh, obviously both losses uh, for the Cougars. So this will be a good chance to kind of win it back. And, you know, the other thing, we were talking about Pac-12 opponent last game of the season. Obviously BYU goes into L.A. last year and takes care of business against the Trojans uh, and is currently on a two-game win streak between this game and then the matchup they got in the future against the Stanford Cardinal. Hopefully BYU can easy, even up the series, starting with their first win here tonight. Absolutely. This has been a very, very much a down year for Stanford. 3-8 and eight overall. They're 1-8 and eight in the Pac-12. They're coming off a loss in the big game at Cal last week, 27-20. They've lost four in a row. They're not bowl eligible. They're not going to be bowl eligible. This really, Riley, is a team. BYU's favored in this game. They should be favored. This is a game BYU needs to go out and take care of business tonight. It is, and uh, this Stanford team is one that, um, and, and I know you've got this earlier on in our show notes, so forgive me for uh, taking this from you off the script, but uh, they they have been decimated by injuries. We've gotten here up to the press box and been talking with the staff and all that. They're making jokes about how they've got a running back with number 84 who was playing <laughs> safety up until two years. You know, they had to switch him, and that was the only number left on offense. He was playing safety up until two weeks ago. You'll see they they use they actually use their backup quarterback who is kind of a scrambler, they, but they use him in formal running back type situations uh, that they're that thin. They talk about losing, uh, you know, within the first four games of the season, they had already lost seven and not all of these to season-ending injuries, but they were already seven uh, defensive starters down from their week one lineup. And, uh, you know, these guys are just like, we could not shake the injury bug. It absolutely ravaged our roster. So they're not too discouraged. Like, in other words, they think that this is a, the injuries are a little bit of an anomaly and this, this isn't necessarily the trajectory for the Stanford Cardinal team. And I think there's some merit to that because obviously they've still got David Shaw, whose track record is proven. Yep. This, is a, this is a proud football program. And... And uh, I think that pride will come through tonight in that they're not just trying to get they're not just trying to get their 12th game out of the way. I think they are going to compete and uh, play with pride here tonight, which means that BYU better come in focused and ready to play. If they do, they should have no problem putting away the Cardinal. But if they did not approach this game with the might with the right mindset, it could spell trouble. Well, and this will not be one of the only games where BYU has the only LDS players on it. There's quite a few LDS players on Stanford, and you can look no further than their start 
starting quarterback in Tanner McKee, former uh, return missionary. And, and this is a guy that BYU recruited. Uh, BYU w- w- tried to get him to come to Provo. Uh, he's at Stanford. In all likelihood, he's probably going to declare for the draft after the, this year. I know uh, you'll hear a little bit later on uh, in Cougar Pregame Live, my interview with David Shaw, and he talks about waiting with bated breath to find out uh, what Tanner McKee is going to do. Uh, but Tanner McKee is somebody certainly BYU fans are well aware of, certainly not just because of what he does on the field, but because of the his ties to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But you mentioned it, decimated by injury. Stanford has played 17 true freshmen this season. And I'm not going to go over each one in their ranking, but this is just... We'll give we'll give Stanford the benefit of the doubt here. This is the good. This is where they rank nationally, and they're top twenty five in these categories nationally. So this is what they do good: uh, the fourteenth and fewest penalties per game. They're sixteenth and fewest penalty yards per game. Twenty second in red zone defense and twenty fourth in third down defense. That's what the Stanford team so far nationally has done well. Ranked in the top 25. I'm not going to go over all these, but there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 statistical categories where they are the bottom 25 in college bas- in college football. Excuse me. And we're talking about scoring offense, rushing offense, scoring defense, total defense, rushing defense, fumbles lost, fourth down defense. All of those things give you an idea on top of all of the injuries why this team has the record that it has. Oof is all i got to yeah. say. And, and for all the BYU fans that feel like we are somehow in some, uh, you know, purgatory or, you know, that took that four-game losing streak a little bit too hard, just know that uh, it could have been worse. <laughs> we, could, we could have had a, a season uh, similar to Stanford. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a team that's struggling. And that's why I said, as I look at this matchup and as I've watched Stanford on team, here's the thing, though. They have uh, – this is going to be a game where BYU is going to have to play all four quarters because they can hang with good te- – they have hung with good teams f- definitely through first halves and even through some third quarters where they've struggled is to put away games and play in all 60 minutes. So, you know, if BYU takes care of business, that'll be good. But if there's turnovers or there's, uh, you know, perhaps a loss of lo- momentum, which it might be – this this game is kicking off at 9 p.m. body clock time for these BYU Cougars, and they have not had that late of a game in quite some time, in over a month, right? Uh, so if for some reason they get a little bit tired or fatigued, also it's going to be a very empty stadium, so there's not going to be a lot of energy for the players to draw off of. If uh, BYU can't create their own energy, can't keep their minds in this for 60 minutes and let Stanford hang around, then you're in a position where you get down in a close game at the end and it, the ball could bounce anyway. Up next in Cougar Cuts, how can tonight's game help with the transition to the Big 12? You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Riley's at Stanford. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah, and this is Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and it's time for Cougar Cuts. We start things off with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, giving his thoughts on facing the Cardinal. Really looking forward to this next week and the preparation for the Stanford game. And something that BYU has not done is beating Stanford. So I'm looking forward. Hopefully we can get that done. A lot of talent, seeing on film, 
a really good, well-coached team. I mean, Coach Shaw is one of the best out there. So I know they're, this is uh, their last game and, and they're going to find a lot of motivation and strength in their, you know, winning one for their team and their seniors as well. So I'm uh, looking forward to the matchup and, and we know it's going to be a tough game, but uh, excited that we get to empty the tank and, and uh, you know, uh, do this thing the right way. Make sure we, we show up at our best in all three phases this weekend. You know, Riley, I think it goes back to something that you said a minute ago. Look, we, we, I don't think anyone's going to argue BYU's the better team here. BYU's favored to win, and they should win. But you're talking about a very proud football program. You're talking about a lot of talent. Now, a lot of that talent may not be able to play tonight because injuries have taken them out for the season. But th- this is this is a very proud program that's not going to want to be embarrassed on their senior night. And I, I think uh, that uh, Kalani Satake was talking about that. His team needs to pay attention to that tonight. They do, and they need to. I will say this though: um, that pride is is fragile. Uh, the season does get long when you're not winning. My experience prior to transferring to BYU, obviously, my true freshman year was spent up at Utah State, and we were that season we uh, were disqualified from bowl eligibility. And I remember those games down the stretch, particularly our last game of the season was against New Mexico State, and it was a game where we were pretty evenly matched. We were still the underdogs, but essentially, what happened in that game is. We hung tough in there. And then third quarter, we lost one of our, you know, our running back goes down is out, you know, out of the game, and then we lose one of our safeties to a targeting penalty, and then kind of the wheels fell off from there. Uh, so you get you get that initial burst of fight. BYU has to be ready for that. They have to answer back to that. But over the course of the game, this should be a game in which BYU slowly takes control, and then I think if they keep the pedal down through the stretch, can uh, you know take care of business rather easily. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick has a long history of coaching against Stanford, having spent so much time on the staff at the University of Utah, and A-Rod knows the Cougar offense will face a very tough Cardinal defense. I've known Lance Anderson for a long, long time. Steve Clark's coached with him before. I mean, we all, he's a diligent like squared away guy i mean he'll he'll know no matter how many injuries they have or whatever he'll know every one of our tendencies he'll be dialed into um our personnel groupings and you know things we do well what our what our strengths and weaknesses are and he'll have a good game plan and he's an excellent coach so we have to be ready the coach anderson they were talking about obviously the defensive coordinator for the stanford cardinal and and look this there's there's, you know, there's certain names in in the coaching ranks, especially when you're talking about LDS coaches that that the BYU fans know a lot about, and Coach Anderson is one of them. Uh, that's the defensive coordinator there, and overall, his his defenses have been very successful over the years. They have, and he's been one that was. I remember back in the search for Kalani Satake, even back then in 2017, 2016, uh, his name was brought up. So he's been doing this for a long time, and you don't stay in this. Uh, you don't stay in this profession for a long time, especially at this level, unless there's a lot of substance to your character and then also a lot of substance to your skill set as a coach. And so that's what he brings to the table here tonight. And uh, I'm, but I'm excited. Let you know, Puka's back in the being a Washington transfer. You know, he's back in the Pac-12 playing in uh, against Stanford. So I think he's going to be motivated. Obviously, Jaron's going to I think want to build on his performance. Look, he, I'm sure he's happy for all the numbers and all that, but he'd be the first to admit, like, hey, that was against Utah Tech. 
if he can come out <laughs> and have a similar performance against a, a Pac-12, albeit one that's been decimated by injury and that's struggling, then that further you know solidifies Jaron as the bona fide playmaker we know him to be. And I mean, you just you just want to play well against good coaches and teams, regardless of the circumstances. I think that's a little bit what Roderick was referring to there. All right, with tonight being the final regular season game, center Joe Tukawafu said that a game like this is big to end the year, but also to set the tone for the bowl game and the rest of the offseason. Um, yes, I think any Power 5 team that we play will add momentum to, to who we are and, and what kind of football that we play in our brand. Um, and I think playing this will just set the tone for how next year could play out and um, set the tone, especially for the offseason. Um, that's a big time where a lot of the players develop their bodies and they put in a lot of time. And so it'll be good to end this one um, on the right note and against a very great opponent, Power 5. And so um, we're going to go out Saturday and play our best. You know, Riley, we were talking about this in our last segment, but a win in your last regular season game doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of the offseason is rosy. But it's and, – and, and vice versa. I mean, one, one doesn't always mean the other. But you want to go into your, your practices for your bowl game, your bowl game, and then ultimately your offseason with as much momentum as possible. So I think that's why tonight really is a big game for BYU. You can end the regular season on a three-game winning streak and kind of get the taste of that four-game losing streak out of your mouth. Yeah, and just put it further behind in the rearview mirror. I was fortunate enough at BYU to go four and zero in bowl games, so I can't speak from personal experience. What? And by the way, that's not a subtle flex. I'm just Look, hey, <laughs> that, it's, it would be appropriate. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna diss you for flexing that you were four and zero in bowl games. <laughs> it's more just to say that I can't speak to I can't speak personally to the experience of heading into an off season on a down note. But this team definitely can. They experienced it last year, and I'm sure it's not an experience that they want to repeat for themselves right they they were through it and they had to answer the questions and they had to deal with this you know people being down on them on social media and the doubting and the question when when you win obviously that stuff's still there it's always going to be there right haters are there's nothing you can do to to extinguish them completely it's always going to be there but the degree to which it's there is a, a lot less and it's just it just keeps some i mean recruiting visits are so much more productive and positive there's just as the kids say today the vibes are uh are <laughs> way different finishing the game uh you know with uh with not just a ball win but in this case it would be four no three straight wins for BYU so or no four right sorry no Utah Tech Stanford ball game yeah yeah anyway finishing on a three game win streak and uh be able to go into the big 12 and the 2022 or 2023 slate uh on a bit of a win streak all right one of the uh storylines we've not even touched on is the return of Houston Haymooley, the former Stanford Cardinal, transferred to BYU in the offseason. He is making his return to Palo Alto tonight, and he will join me next for Shep Talk. You're not going to want to miss this. More Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tonight, it's the Cougars and the Cardinal wrapping up the regular season. This is Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Well, the Haymooley name is well known in BYU circles, and when Houston Haymooley transferred from Stanford to BYU in the offseason, everybody had high hopes for the fullback, including himself. Unfortunately, 
playing time just hasn't been what anybody expected, but that doesn't mean that Houston hasn't made a significant impact on this program in a very short period of time. I talked with Houston this week for Shep Talk, and we talked about just how fast this year has gone. It flew by way too fast. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's insane, and I can't believe it's already here. <laughs> how would you describe this season for you personally? You know, I think this season for me was kind of a, it was, it was a season where I really had to learn a lot of patience, like personally. You know, I really had to kind of come to terms with myself and how I played and how I do play. So it's pretty eye-opening for me. Um, you know, it's not what, what we expected it to be, which, again, permeates growth. You know, again, that, that, that gets people to grow and, and learn from their mistakes. Well, and to go off of that, Kalani talked about it. Your teammates had mentioned it, but everybody raves about you as a team leader. Was it different for you to have to handle the fact that your greatest impact has come off the field and in the locker room rather than on the field, which I know you wanted it to. How, how did you handle that part of it? Yeah, and I think that's kind of along the lines of where I was saying, you know, I'd be patient with myself because I wanted to play a lot more, and that's how every player feels. You know, I think every player feels that way. Um, but for me, you know, I had to, had to really look at myself and say, okay, am I going to drag down this team? You know, if I don't get what I want, am I going to be a negative influence or can I help BYU whatever I can? You know, this is a school I love and cherish since I was a kid. So I thought I need to, whatever way I can, support it. How did that manifest itself? How do you think you helped the team? Um, honestly, I really don't know how I helped the team, except for I always make sure my attitude is upbeat. You know, I don't want to bring anyone down. I don't want to say anything bad about people. Um, and that, you know, during games, my goal is to, like, make sure everyone's heads are on. You know, it's, 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 it's easy to lose faith. It's easy to lose momentum. But, you know, I've been in college football for six years and, you know, I really do feel I know what kind of attitude it takes to, to win games, attitudes it takes to keep your head on. So my goal is to share that wisdom, keep this team up and then just give my effort in whatever role, either special teams or on the field uh, that I can fulfill. All right, Houston, I know Thanksgiving is over, but what are you thankful for? So, of course, you know, grateful First of all, is, is my family and God, you know, my religion, my faith. Uh, I'm so grateful for those things in my life. and They've nurtured who I am. And then third, you know, when it comes to football, I'm grateful for football and the coaches I got to play under. You know, I, I'm very grateful for Coach Shaw. I'm very grateful for Kalani for taking me in, welcoming me as a part of his family for one year. Uh, it's not easy bringing in guys and Kalani and them did. And I'm very grateful for them and my teammates. So I'm grateful for God, you know, for faith, family, football, the three Fs, as everyone likes to say. You guys are taking some momentum into Stanford. You had the midseason lull, but you've won two games, playing better. What have you noticed as to why things have gotten better over the last two weeks? Um, guys are playing more relaxed and having fun. Um, and by that, I mean, it's not like you're goofing off, but when you're so tight during practices all the time, especially during that streak, you can feel almost like a cloud, you know, hanging over everyone and everyone's like, you know, like tense. But now it's like we're learning to relax. We're learning to enjoy the moment, uh, whether it be painful or good. Enjoy this time that we have because it's so small. Just that fulfillment and enjoyment of football, I think, has given guys a better a better edge in playing this game. What does it mean to you that you get to go back to where your college career started to wrap up the regular season? This is sort of tailor-made for you. <laughs> like I said, it's surreal, man. It's insane. You know, I got to I'm going back to where I started playing football and ending, you know, where... I found the love of football, which is BYU. As a kid, that's why I, I found a love BYU, uh, love football. So it's having the best of both worlds. I couldn't have asked for anything else. Look, you know this Cardinal team. Um, I know they've gone through a lot of injuries this season. What can you tell fans about what the offense will face from this Stanford defense coming up on Saturday? Well, I think about Stanford is no matter how many injuries they have, um, they do not quit. You know, they will fight all the way to the bitter end. 
And I can tell BYU fans that BYU is going to mash that energy and we are going to attack, attack, attack and make them fight to the bitter end. We're not going to, you know, let them, we're not going to let them lay down and they're not going to let us let up. We are going to have an intense game. We're going to go and just fight our butts off for 60 minutes. Have you been in contact with any of your former coaches or players this week, just kind of chatting it up as you get ready for the matchup? Uh, low key, I haven't. <laughs> you know, I've, I don't know. I think maybe I've just been too busy with game planning and school kind of wrapping up right now. So I haven't really you know, reached out to former teammates, but um, I do plan on talking to some. You know, I'm really close to all the guys who play in Utah. You know, Spencer Jorgensen, Lavani Damuni, uh, Tanner McKee, Alakai Gilman, you know, all the, a lot of LDS players. I'm very close to them still. Yeah, I'll probably be talking with them this week. All right, let's wrap it up with the final four. Here are your personality questions. All right, what's your favorite class at BYU? Favorite class at BYU? Honestly, I enjoyed physics when I was here. Um, I know it sounds, sounds weird, but it was actually pretty cool. And physics is a very uh, applicative um, class. I like it. Okay. Okay. Now, this is in general. This is not anything specific. In general, which is better, the book or the movie? Oh, the book, hands down. The book is always better. You got so many more details in the books. <laughs> okay. What's the first thing that you would buy if you inherited a million dollars today? Ooh, a million dollars today. First thing I'll buy... Probably only be able to afford a house with this market. So I'll probably <laughs> a house. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you may not even get the one you want with a million dollars. Exactly. I might be I might be able to get a shack in the <laughs> middle of uh southern Utah, in middle Utah somewhere. <laughs> Going with the house, real estate, that's not bad. All right, last question. Now, this is somewhat of an unfair question because you've only been here for one year. What will you remember most about the era of independence? Well, I like about the era of independence was the variety of opponents we had to face. You know, and it wasn't like a conference, you know, where you had a, you knew who you played last year. This is how we acted. It was sporadic. Like this team, you know, we had to find films from so many different places and it was cool. And you get a huge range of, you know, how teams play and you get a, you know, I feel like it kind of helps develop a team, learning new things. So just the widespread of teams and, and tout that BYU has face, I think is uh, something I noticed in the independence area. Houston, I've been able to talk with you a couple of times. I work with your brother, so I get to hear stories about you. They're all good. I promise they're oh, good. I'll just say I'm I, sorry. I know. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the one thing I will always remember about you, regardless of who I'm talking to, if they're talking about you, it is nothing but positive. The way people feel about you, I think that is a credit to you as a person, and certainly you're doing things the right way. And uh, thanks for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Good luck at Stanford. Oh, appreciate you, man. It really means a lot to me. All right. That was Houston Hay Mooley and Riley. I, I, look, and exactly what I just said at the end of that interview, I've not heard one person say anything negative about Houston. And look, if we all put ourselves in his situation, you have one more year to play. You transfer, and you, you're, you're hoping you certainly want to get on the field. He said that as much in the interview. He wanted to get on the field, but when he realized that just probably wasn't in the cards, he made a decision that I am going to be as positive as I possibly can, and I'm going to be as big of as of an influencer as I can, and however I need to do it. Whatever I, they need me to do to help this team, I'm going to do it. And that right there is a team leader for sure. So seven, maybe eight years ago, he said he's been in college football for six. So <laughs> I don't know if he's counting mission in there or not. Anyway, my wife and I move into uh, the Foxborough neighborhood of North Salt Lake, which uh, the legacy stake, and we were called as mission prep teachers uh, for the stake. And Houston Haymooley was uh, just finishing up his junior year at Bountiful High and was in our mission prep class. And, uh, I mean, I got to see the character of that kid up close and personal as he was uh, – 
two things. One, finishing out his uh, incredible football career at Bountiful High, but two, also preparing to uh, serve a mission. And I failed getting him to BYU out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) I worked really hard on him, but obviously the pull to Stanford was too great that that's where he went. Why weren't you prepping him for BYU instead? Well, I did it just to, it was the, the delayed gratification. Okay. He came out here and uh, and got his degree from gotcha. Stanford and, and has come and made meaningful contributions to this BYU football team. So, uh, you know, and I, I like that you chose to interview him because it does, there are guys like this on every team. Uh, Houston's one with Stanford, you know, we're kind of calling them out. But in every year's team, there's guys who maybe don't get the total number of snaps or they don't have the higher profile outside the locker room. But within the locker room, they are vital contributors to the team, to the psyche to the mentality to the preparation to the experience to even being like an older brother type figure uh you know i had i had a number of those guys uh when i was coming through byu so they're a vital part of the fabric of of any football team and glad to have houston highlighted highlighted in our final chef talk and i gotta ask you before i let you go is he the was he the only one this season to choose the book over the movie no there were a couple Um, i can't remember off the top of my head but i would say of the 12 that i did I think there were four or five that picked the the book, which again, like if, if you've listened to most of them throughout the year, you know I'm the movie guy. I, I I'm not a reader. I don't enjoy reading books. Stay in school, kids, but I just don't enjoy reading books. I find no enjoyment in it, so I'm all about the movie. Don't read a book, but do take a finance class. One thing I was, and this is not fun, but one thing I was a little bit disappointed is that given our, given what the stock market performance has been, I'm surprised nobody is in a finance class and said with that million dollars, they'd go buy a, an S&P 500 index fund because they're buying the dip. So all, all you finance professors out there, start reaching out to some of these BYU football players, especially those that maybe are going to go make some serious money, have them put that that away, get that compounding interest going, especially at a time like this where you're getting stocks at a discount. Hey, maybe they uh, can invest in FTX. This, <laughs> yeah. Oh, too soon? Sorry. No, too soon. And and I think I have to do that uh, disclaimer that you always have to do. Yeah. This if uh, financial advice is not made contact. Da, 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 hey. future past performance is yes. not. There you go. There so you go. Very nice. The fine print that you have to say really, really fast. Yeah. All right. Coming up next. You can debate if it's the best win of independence, but I'm not sure anybody can debate that you probably enjoyed it the most. We will explain when we come back. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. BYU on the road tonight, wrapping up the regular season at Stanford. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our last regular season game that we will focus on with the best wins of independence. I have one for the bowl game, whenever that is. But uh, I saved the best for last, if you will. And I think you'll understand where I'm going when you hear the date. September 11th, 2021, the site, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. One day after BYU was officially announced as a new member of the Big 12, they hosted the University of Utah. If you remember at the time, the Cougars had not beaten the Utes since 2009. Of course you remember. We all remember. We were all upset that it had been that long. 
The Cougars, they made things right. And one of the major factors in the Cougar victory that day was how dominant BYU's defensive line was, manhandling the Utah O-line all night long. Jaron Hall went 18 for 30 for 149 yards and three touchdowns. He also carried the ball eight times for 92 yards. Running back Tyler Algier added 27 carries for 102 yards. The Cougars outgained the Utes 368-340 to and also outrushed them 219 to 193 and Riley as is always the case in these games BYU won the turnover battle against Utah as well two to nothing the Cougars led the entire game the win snapped BYU's nine game losing streak to Utah and Cougar Nation rejoiced let's listen to the highlights so it's BYU and Utah 95th meeting officially all time trips left on empty Brewer in the gun empty formation Five out as receiving options. Snap to Brewer. BYU comes hard. They blitz. It's picked off. Picked off near side. Chaz Ayu on the INT. Jaron Hall and Tyler Algier look to the sideline. Shotgun snap to Jaron. Takes off to his left. Throws to the pylon. Powell makes the catch. Leads it past the goal line. Dallin Holker is the tight end wing tight to the right with a with a wide right as Rex. Hall goes shotgun, takes off, throws for the end zone. It is caught in the end zone! Left side of the end zone, the former Ute, Samson Nakua for the score! And the Cougars go up 16-7 with four seconds on the clock. 23-yard gain for Hall. He's in shotgun. First and goal from the four. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown! For BYU and all of its fans, it was Big 12 weekend. And after a 12-year wait, it's a big win for the Cougs over their in-state rivals. 10 is not coming. The streak ends at 9, and there's no better time to call Cougar Nation home. Tonight's final score will be BYU 26 and Utah 17. One more snap will do it. Jaron Hall takes the snap, takes a knee, and the Cougars win it! Ah, it just gives me goosebumps re-listening to that. And, and look, Riley, I don't know if there's ever been a better 48-hour period for BYU football than on the Friday you get your official announcement that you're joining the Big 12, you make everything official, and then 24 hours later you beat Utah to snap the nine-game losing streak. What a 48-hour period in Provo that day. Yeah, and it was so fun to for all of us to be a part of it and to uh... – Man, just uh, we're still riding. We're still riding off it, right? Because hey, we BYU, can sit on that one for a while until yeah, twenty twenty four. Unable to get Utah on the schedule, and uh, who knows? You know, like you looked at the obviously Ohio State and Michigan played today, and you look at that, and you thought like, oh, last year when Michigan got them, it was kind of a one time thing. But then they go into Columbus and beat it, or you know, and, and take one away from Ohio State today, and uh, maybe uh, that was the beginning of a trend. We can all hope so. Yes, indeed. But boy, was it! Uh, I I agree. I think that probably the unquestionably best win uh, of the Independence era, uh, which it's so strange that the Independence era will be marked by all those losses from Utah. But in rivalries, it happens. There's ebbs and there's flows, and uh, hopefully, this is a flow back of victories for, or that was the beginning yep. of a flow of victories for BYU and the BYU Utah matchup. As its dynamic changes, as it might not be an every year thing, uh, but when it does happen, it's not going to be any more important. In fact, if anything, 
there'll be more pressure, more eyeballs, more attention on the game, and uh, that win will be the ice that was broken of that uh, cold, dark period in the rivalry. All right, coming up next, we'll get the Cardinal perspective on tonight's matchup. Stanford radio analyst John Platts will join us. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And we're joined by Stanford radio analyst John Platts. He joins us in the booth with Riley there in Stanford. John, thanks for taking a few minutes tonight. We appreciate it. Jason, thanks for having me. So let's start here. What, in your opinion, is the biggest reason why this season has played out like it has for Stanford? Is it as simple as injuries, or does it go deeper than that? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's a little of both, but a little more on the injuries because of one particular position group. If you know David Shaw and his history at Stanford, it's about running the football and defending the run. I mean, Stanford, you go back to Toby Gerhardt, who is uh, – played on this field down below Christian us McCaffrey, here. Barry Sanders uh, yeah, Jr., yeah, all the yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey, Bry- Bryce Love, Tyler, yeah. uh, 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 Tyler Gaffney, uh, uh, Stephon Taylor. Uh, they don't have – they, they had one, uh, one guy on the roster this year, E.J. Smith, son of Emmett Smith, the NFL Hall of Famer. He was slated to be the number one uh, RB and uh, got injured in the second game against USC. And really, there's a, there was a drop-off after, after E.J. Smith. Casey Filkins is a, is a sort of a Christian McCaffrey light, former two-time player of the year in Oregon. Solid player had some good games. He got hurt midseason, and then and then Jason Riley was a huge drop off. Uh, the two walk ons after that: Caleb Robinson, Brendan Barrow, and now a guy who was on the scout team, Mitch Labor. God bless him. But four weeks ago, he's a DB from Laguna Hills, DB yeah. on the scout team, two way player in high school, like a lot of these guys were, and all of a sudden he's the number one running back. And so wow. it just limits it just limits what you can do because of course Stanford's playing good defenses in the Pac-12 and will play uh, a sound defense uh, that, that BYU has tonight. And of course they know that, so it just it, it, it makes it tougher for David Shaw to scheme up what he wants to do. So I think just the the, deci- the decimation of the running back position has been a big thing. But you know, as Stanford played up to expectation with the healthy guys, I mean debatable at best. So uh, Stanford has still had trouble defending the run, uh, you know, allowing. High fives, you know, between 5.5 and 6.0 yards per carry, and, and that has to be fixed. So we'll see if it is tonight. Yeah, David Shaw, obviously well-known throughout coaching circles, one of, if not the most respected coach in college football and has had an incredible run here at Stanford. And some will say that you're, uh, really that respect is earned in times of adversity more than in times of, of good. So how has he and his staff been able to navigate that, not completely lose momentum in continuing to build the Stanford program and recruit and do all the things necessary despite this season not turning out what they hoped it would. He, he's the picture of boys. I mean, if, if he's churning inside, it, it must be a small circle that, that's seeing it because certainly around me, certain, we watch him at practice. Uh, you know, there, there's frustration. It seeps a little bit, but he's, he's real good at, 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 at maintaining the brave front. I think you have to because recruiting's involved. Now, interestingly, his recruiting r- r- remains pretty darn impressive considering what Stanford has done the last four years. I mean, three and three and nine in 2019, four and two pandemic year, three and nine last year, sitting at three and eight. Now you would think there'd be a drop off in recruiting and there just has not been. That's how much cachet he built up during the, the Rose Bowl years, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. So he's still, he's still got some capital, but I, you know, I do think that 
you know, it's getting tougher now with the portal and whatnot and to compete and with the NIL. Stanford's getting going on that, but are they a little bit behind? So maybe that recruiting drops off. But certainly for now, it, it, the pipeline remains solid, and I think part is because the public front for David Shaw is one of, of poise. The offensive line was supposed to be a strength with everybody coming back, and obviously injuries change that. It's one of the positions hit by that. What type of O-line will the BYU defense face tonight? It's a veteran line, uh, Jason. Uh, you're looking at a lot of seniors on that offensive line. They all played a lot as freshmen. Now, for 2019 was the decimation of the offensive line year, so a lot of those guys uh, suffered season-ending injuries as freshmen that year. Uh, Stanford has uh, you know, Barrett Miller. Uh, they've got uh, Levi Rogers. They've got Walter Rouse uh, on, the, uh, on the left side. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that they're the sort of the all-American type that Stanford has had had last decade with Andres Pete, who is playing for, playing in the NFL, played for the Saints, uh, and and some other folks. David Castro was a, was an All American. So I th- I would characterize the offensive line as veteran, solid, but not not quite the 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 difference making unit that that allowed Stanford to win nine, ten, eleven games. So it's it's uh, and unfortunately for Stanford, they lose a lot of those guys. So it's going to be problematic next year in that position group. Uh, they've got some bodies, but untested. So it's uh, it skews upper class for sure. And I think they played just okay this year. So uh, my little community, it's uh, it's a place called Cache Valley in northern Utah. Yeah. And uh, we're very proud football pro- uh, tradition. And despite being a small community, pr- produces, you know, guys that have kind of gone all over the country. Our, our first and only player to leave Cache Valley to come and play for the Cardinals is Levani Demuni, who's uh, so I've been watching him since he was a little kid and growing up in in the Valley. And the uh, it, there's that's the home of Utah State University. So the Aggies were sad they couldn't keep him. I say that tongue in cheek. Of course, he had multiple offers. But speak to him and be in the heart and center of this defense, at least as it looks like to me on film and him being named a captain. Well, uh, warms my heart. I mean, he's one of six captains. So that, that says a lot, Riley, on a team that has a lot of guys that could be captain. A lot of guys have leadership abilities. Uh, but it warms my heart because I, you know, I, I met his aunt on a plane back from Salt Lake City. I flew commercial to the game at Utah a couple of weeks ago. Met his father before the Washington game. Has a football background, I believe, with, with Utah State. Yep. But Lavani, Riley's just been a rock. I mean, he, he, he's leading the Cardinal in tackles just as he did last year. And I think he was second two, two years ago. So he's just around the football all the time. Uh, positive. Uh, and it, I don't think he was ever better than the Utah game two weeks ago. Now, again, he was back home in the Beehive State, so I think yeah. that was part of it. But I, I want to see 10 or 12 tackles. And I, I know I mean, he was sideline to sideline, more more than I'd ever seen. So when he needs to step it up for, for whatever reason, including, you know, being home and wanting to show something to family and friends, he sure yeah. did because he was, he was tremendous two weeks ago. In fact, the pro football focus, I think, on their all 11 defense had him as one of the two linebackers wow. two weeks ago. Tremendous. So, John, I want to ask you this big picture question, and I, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here. Please let me know if I am. But I, I, I want to know where Stanford Athletics stands right now. And obviously coming out of COVID, it was really interesting for everybody. And, and when I say where does Stanford Athletics stand right now, I mean in terms of staying with the Pac-12. Expand or not? Are they for or are they against? Wanting to go into the Big Ten. How much does the athletic department want to be in the middle of everything that's going on right now? Where do things stand with that? Uh, good, good question. I, I, I will give our athletic department credit because if I were the athletic director in, in their roles, I would keep a tight circle. So they've kept it very, very tight as far as sort of long-range strategies. 
Um, I do think as the, as the sands shift underneath college sports, and particularly you know football and men's basketball, with the proliferation of the transfer portal and NIL uh, and all that goes with that, and some of the the, the uh, corner cutting, if you will, that's going on with that sort of stuff. I think Stanford's becoming more resolute in in its brand being okay. Look, we're, we'll play. We're going to play in the sandbox, but we're, but but more than that, we're going to be Stanford. We're offering a you know, a $350,000 education, a, a, you know, 40-year decision, they call it, a network. I mean, you can, you, you know, if you, if you want to come here and take your shot at the NFL, oh, by the way, if you don't make it, have all of this that Stanford offers, you know, that's going to be our differentiator. And I don't see Jason and Riley Stanford moving off of that. Now, whether that causes recruiting to dip because young people have changed and, you know, the, 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 the short-term win or the short-term check is better than the 40-year thing, I don't know. But I sense a resoluteness that that's the approach that Stanford's going to take. They're going to double down on the differentiation of you're going to get power conference football and an Ivy League education. And nobody else, I mean, Vanderbilt's trying to get there. You know, Duke has tried, but but nobody else has done it like Stanford does. And I think Stanford wants to keep it. I think that's why getting football back to respectability really is as much as anything, Jason and Riley, what Stanford is going to be focused on in this offseason, unless, gee, what conference are we in or, you know, how good is our NIL collective. John, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for stopping by. Great insight. We'll let you go. Um, Thank you again for for joining us. It was fun to talk, and uh, have a great call tonight. Well, Likewise. I'm just so glad these two great programs are playing just the third time. I remember John Beck in 2003, 2004. Trent Edwards was a Stanford quarterback. Both dances with the NFL, and I just think it's great that these two are playing tonight. Yeah, we totally agree. Can't wait for this one. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Riley. All right, that's radio analyst for the Stanford Cardinal, John Platts, joining us. Coming up on the other side, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel will join us coming up. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. The regular season comes to an end tonight at Stanford Stadium. BYU and Stanford, welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Our next guest has crisscrossed the country, and I say that literally. He's flown from Salt Lake to Atlanta to the Bahamas, then the Bahamas to Atlanta to San Francisco. He crisscrosses the country in Cougar Nation. He does it for you. He is the voice of the Cougars. He is Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. Hello, Jason. Uh, you have had quite the sky miles over the last little while between basketball and football. Um, do you know what city you're in currently? Stanford, California, baby, and don't call it Palo Alto. Yes. We are in Stanford, California. Yes. It's its own municipality, and don't you forget it. Yes. Yeah. All right, so last regular season game, um, any notable players in and out for this last regular season matchup? Well, the... Uh the hunt for a healthy linebacker continues as uh, neither Peyton Wilgar nor Max Tooley will be available tonight. So that's maybe, you know, people who thought that, he, that they might come back here before the end of the regular season. That will not happen. Uh, coach told me a few minutes ago that uh, Peyton Wilgar might be the more likely for a bowl game at this point. 
but uh, didn't sound as optimistic about Max. And so those two guys have been out and will stay out. And so your linebacking core will stay as it's been for BYU, and that's uh, Ben Bywater, Keenan Peely, and Pepe Tanuvasa primarily. Jackson Kofusi available, Morgan Piper, Logan Peely, Bodie Schoonover, Tate Romney. Uh, it's almost all the linebacker core. You could throw a Josh Wilson in there as well. Um, Kalani also indicated that Ammon Hanneman may not be available at safety. And so down another safety it might be tonight. So you could see Micah Harper, Talon Alfrey as the starters with then Matthew Criddle and Ethan Slade. And that might be about it in terms of what BYU has as available safeties uh, tonight. So that's uh, kind of where BYU's at uh, defensively, personnel-wise, on offense. Uh, I don't know that uh, Campbell Barrington's available. Don't know that uh, uh, Braden Kime. I think Braden, I think Kalani already said Braden might be done. I can't remember that for sure. We talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, so Braden Kime's not available. So you could see, after Joe Tukawafu, so we, well, we already know, Jason, that it's uh, Blake Freeland, Clark Barrington, Connor Pay, Harris Lachance, Kingsley Suamatai across the front. The sixth that rotates in always is Joe Tukuwafu. After that, you're probably getting down to Lisala Tai and, and Sione Vecoso. So uh, a little thin on the O-line as well. We already know Gunnar Romney's not playing. And so uh, it's, it's the usual cast of characters right now in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, uh, receiving options for, for Jaron Hall. And the full complement of running backs uh, could be available. Um, having, I don't know. Well, I, I want to wait till I see everybody work out, rather warming up, Jason, before I pronounce full availability on all of the running backs. But I will say this, and Riley can confirm this. When you watch Stanford film, you watch Stanford video, you see the same guy in every set. They don't have extra running backs. Mitch Lieber, number 32, it probably lines up as a single back in 95% of the snaps. And when he's not there, then it's a kid, a guy named Shield Taylor, who was a fullback um, that, that has one rush on the year and four catches, and that's it. Like, that's it. They just don't have a lot of people. And, and, and they really throw to, to you know, four people, three wide receivers, and one tight end. There's just not a lot going with this Stanford team right now. And I'm just stunned by how few people actually play. And so that really jumps out to me right now. And, and so uh, I, I think BYU is a, is a worthy road touchdown favorite. Let's put it that way. This, this is a game that BYU should expect to win for how things have gone for Stanford, what their situation is right now. Jason, they're, 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 not, they're not playing from anything but pride and yep. senior day right now. You know, there's no bowl for them. Uh, and, and they've been taking, and they're not scoring points. They're just not playing well right now. They're not scoring. They're not winning. Uh, there's nothing for them except uh, to say a fond farewell to, to the seniors, and that's it. BYU should expect to come in and take care of business. So, Greg, we hear, we've heard all week Coach Satake talk about how much he respects David Shaw and respects this program. But based off what you just said, how much of that is coaches speak or what would be the level of genuine concern as far as the threat that this Stanford team poses against the Cougars? Well, I, I go back to the fact that Utah Tech did quite a few good things against BYU uh, last week. I mean, you don't, you don't normally see FCS teams put up 400-plus yards and, and score in the, in the 20s against their FBS opponents as, as Utah Tech did. So I, I think really BYU is in a position right now where they have to literally expect uh, the best from every team and, and, and respect every team. And, and now, having said that, Stanford hasn't scored 20 in a month and a half. So if they do that today, that doesn't reflect well on, on BYU either. So I, I think the Cougars should hold themselves to a pretty high standard uh, today. The weird thing about David Shaw is, is he goes eight straight winning seasons, eight consecutive bowl games, 
to a to, to four straight losing seasons and no bowl. It's not just been hit and miss. They've gone from uh, steady winning to steady losing. Three games in the last four seasons. Three games is their max yeah. win total. That that that's just you know again for someone who had it going and clearly can coach to drop off the way it has is uh, it's pretty remarkable. And 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 you know there's people that say that that when you go through what David Shaw is going through right now, despite the fact he is and he is the winningest coach in Stanford football history, Shep, uh, his seat is warming up. Yeah, here at Stanford. Yeah. Okay, so you answered this question in terms of the Stanford side of things, but I'm curious on the BYU side. Obviously, there's the opportunity to get to seven wins and then eight with a bowl so that's what's on the line tonight in your opinion though outside of that what's BYU playing for tonight well I, I think it's playing to finish the season four and oh and and complete that third phase uh the first phase was four and one the second phase was own four and the third phase can be four and oh and I think eight and five it's not a bad way to go into the big 12 it's yeah. the best you can do right now obviously right we all know Jason that you know once once you're if you're an independent like BYU uh when you lose your first game that 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 takes you out of uh, you know the New Year's six well at least the playoff mix you lose your second game you're out of the New Year's six mix and once you lose your third game you're just playing to get six once you get to six you're just playing to get as many wins as you can and that's where BYU is at right now and, and eight is with that number and so eight and five is hopefully the springboard BYU takes into the Big Twelve which means defeating Stanford which would by the way end as well Jason BYU's three game P five losing skid they want to get another P five win uh, it would it would mean that BYU defeats Stanford for the first time ever. Stanford's the only Pac-12 team BYU's not beaten, as I'm sure you've discussed. So there are a couple things on the line that way, but they're more trivial than anything else. I, th- I think it's the 4-0 finish and the 8-5 springboard. So l- real, real quick, Greg, before we let you go, we've been – and I, I could do this when we get to the bowl game, but I kind of feel like I want to do it now where it's the regular season coming to an end. We've spent the entire 12 weeks on Cougar Pregame Live going over the best wins of independence. Now that we've gone through all of the regular season games, the, the, the one that we'll hit for the bowl game is a bowl game reference. So now that we've hit all of the regular season wins that we consider the best mm. wins of independence, in mm. your mind, which is the best win? And it doesn't even have to be any of the ones we've done. If you, have, if you want to go off the radar, go for it. What, which one in your mind was BYU's best win of the independence era? Oh gosh! Uh, has Riley already given you an answer on his? I have not. I have not asked him this question. I, I, in an, in a roundabout way, today we featured the win against Utah, and being the, the fact that Utah had not, or that BYU was about to go their entire Independence era without yeah. defeating Utah. Yeah. that was my pick. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, I I think that's a good one from Riley. It, it came on the weekend of the Big Twelve announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think in terms of, of weekends to remember and games to remember, ending the streak against Utah, Riley just mentioned going through the entire Independence era without one. Uh, that's got to be right there. But in, in the interest of uh, a variety, um, I will say. Uh, and gosh, man, it's tough when, when you go to Tennessee. And My win second on, and, was Wisconsin, and, and win on the checkerboard. But Wisconsin would be the one I would go to, just because of top uh, ten on the road. Yeah, top, top ten, 10 on, the on the road, and Camp Randall, and a team that had just thumped you the year before, forty to six. I, I thought it showed a, um, a significant amount of progress from BYU and, and the environment and everything Wisconsin stands for in terms of uh, hard-nosed football to win the game. BYU did that way was was pretty spectacular. But when you win on the checkerboard and you win in the Coliseum, uh, those are those are things to cherish as well for sure. And uh, and, and so the great the great thing is, Jason, 
There are so many yeah. to choose from, yeah. right? Well, because you can I, go guys, through, honestly, I, I would have said if, if the Utah game had not happened, I've maintained that I still feel and, the and best the win. Games? The, Texas the Texas game games? In Austin. That's the one yeah. for me. It's well, that guys, game. Those, aren't even, those yeah. aren't even my most memorable. My most memorable are the shootouts. Virginia, Houston and Reliance Stadium, mm. uh, the Toledo game when Jamal went off. Like Those actually are, yeah, for non, some reason, the most memorable. Yeah, non, Non-P5s that still stand out. But, uh, yeah, just, you take the Texas win, 41-7 to in Austin and, and uh, you know, that the phenomenon Taysen was at the time. The great thing is, Jason, you can you can go through twelve seasons and find so many yeah. high points against so many really good and storied programs, and so we're really blessed that way. All right, guys, we're going to let you go. We'll get to, to Mitchell Jurgens on the other side. Greg, thank you so much for the insight. Riley, thank you as always. We'll hear both of you coming up in about twenty five minutes. Thank you, you Jason. There we go. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens joins me on the other side. But first, let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the Stanford Cardinal, and I'm joined now by our sideline reporter and former Cougar wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. All right, Mitchell, this was one that I, I never had a chance to ask any of the players this this week. I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Do you feel like BYU, because Cougars started 4-1, no, obviously, really great start. Then you had the four-game losing streak in the middle. Now you have an opportunity to end the regular season having won three in a row. Do you feel like BYU is back to winning games the way they were at the beginning of the season? Or has the way that they're winning evolved over the past two games? Yeah, that's that's a good question, Jason. Honestly, I think it's evolved. Um, if, if you look at the first two wins against USF and Baylor, I would probably say those are the two best-looking wins that BYU's had really all season. I mean, you you go back, the offense against USF looked dynamic. Um, it was just, I mean, they were fast, they were strong. It was, they looked very dominant from a, from a you know, controlling the line of scrimmage to um, the ability, you know, Jaron's arm. I mean, it, it all looked really good. Um, against Baylor, this was a, a very tough team. Um, the physical uh, front on both sides of the ball, I mean, it was just a battle, uh, but BYU won a, a big, crucial game, and uh, um, despite the kicking woes, like those were those were two really good wins. They had, um, yes, they were missing some guys in both games, but uh, for the most part, it was it was full strength and and full force for BYU. Since then, it's almost felt like they've just been hanging on. And you know, it, it, there's there hasn't been a a, a a win where it's just or a game where it's like, man, that BYU team looked really solid. They looked great in all aspects and all phases of the game. They just haven't done that. And, and since then, it's just felt like. Um, BYU just needs to do whatever they can to find a way to win. And BYU fans and us, we're okay with that as long right. as they come out on top on the scoreboard. And so I think it has evolved. Um, looking into this game, I think it's an opportunity to make a statement. But at the end of the day, it's just find a way to win. And I think uh, I think fans will be okay with that if BYU comes out on top. Okay, so Stanford has had another down year. But we know the types of players they get playing for pride, we, all, all that stuff. I mean, it's their senior night. Um, 
I don't think anybody disagrees BYU is the better team and should win the game. I think we all expect that to take place. But we know what type of program Stanford is. What, what do you feel is BYU's toughest task tonight? Yeah, another good question. I, I think, for me, I would say playing disciplined and mistake-free football. I think this is an area where BYU has struggled uh, pretty much all year in this aspect. I mean, you go back to last week. Um, this is week, tw- I think it was week 12 of college football. Um, BYU's coming off of a bye week. Um, it's their 11th game of the season, and they just didn't look that great um, and sharp where they should be that late in the season. Um, Utah Tech had uh, two of their big scores, or at least one of the scores, the other one led to a scoring drive, um, came on busted coverages or miscommunications on defense and and BYU has to clean that up on top of that 11 penalties for you know 130 plus yards that that can't happen that late in the season and and BYU needs to find a way to be disciplined Um, I think that's going to be one of the toughest tasks if they can um, come in here and and play clean football I think they should be able to take care of business um, without question Um, on top of that I, I will say for, for some reason, I don't know if it's uh, whoever plays BYU, it feels like they come out and they're ready to play, whether they want to make a statement against Whatever BYU. Whatever issues they had don't seem to be issues it, against BYU. Exactly. And and this is this is a Stanford team that has nothing to lose at this point, right? They're, right. They've won three games. This is going to be their final game. They're not playing for an, a, bull, uh, a bull bid, and, and I think they're going to get um, – BYU or Stanford could throw anything and everything at BYU to come out with a win on top for for their senior night. So I think they just BYU needs to be ready for that. Um, that Stanford could come all come out firing on all cylinders, have nothing to lose, and and could play with a confidence that they haven't had all season. All right, we'll probably do more of this for the bowl game when we get to it. But with this being the last regular season game, who've been your standout players for the Cougars this year? Yeah, I'll. I'll couple on offense, couple on defense. Um, on offense, it has to be Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua. Um, these, these two guys, I mean, they've, they've shown flashes of greatness in previous seasons, but this year I feel like it's been on another level. Um, I wish we could have seen Puka the entire year, year healthy, um, but when he's on the field, he is a, a dominant playmaker who has just been really the, the key to this offense. And Jaron, I mean, he's he went through a little bit of a, a lull there when we were questioning the shoulder injury, but outside of that, I mean, he has been sharp. He's been accurate. He's been smart. Um, as of late, we've seen him utilize his legs that we've 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 seen him do in, in previous years, and, and so I think these two players on offense have just been spectacular um, this season. And and who knows what's going to happen next year? But hopefully, hopefully BYU fans can see uh, maybe either one or both of those guys return um, on defense. I think Micah. Harper, um, he's a guy that came in and just very surprising. I love the way he plays football. He's aggressive. He's fearless, um, but he does so in a controlled manner, and I think he's going to be a big-time playmaker for BYU. Um, the other guy, I would say Ben Bywater. Um, that linebacker crew coming into the season was going to be the strongest unit. They've had some injuries, but Ben has been a guy who's been durable, um, and, and I love the way he plays the game. He's, he's, he's passionate. He's come up with some big turnovers, and uh, he's a physical football player that, uh, that can bring the punch and and i love watching that so i'd say those guys have kind of been my standouts this year mitchell great stuff man always appreciate it. i can't believe it's already the game 12 of the regular <laughs> season like at the beginning of the year we look at the schedule like man it's you know it's gonna be we just we can't imagine ever getting to the end of it because it's just like look at all these games and and now we're here i just can't even believe it 
It's it's crazy. It's it's another fun season. It's always it has been. it's always fun to be you know part of the crew and, and getting to watch these games firsthand and and on field level. So, uh, but uh, re- not ready for it to end. But, I know uh, it's crazy that it's here. I know. Well, have fun tonight. Bundle up and uh, hopefully you'll get a, uh, a a field level view of the win tonight uh, to get BYU seven regular seasons wins. Seven regular season wins. Thanks, Mitchell. Appreciate the time as always. Yep, thanks, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens. you'll hear him on the sideline coming up a little bit later on once the broadcast starts. On the other side, I talked with Stanford head coach David Shaw. Hear that conversation when we return to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You named your son Steve, Jimmer, and Lavelle. 1984 is a place of joy to you, not a dystopian book. Your blood runs blue despite what science says. You're BYU, and we get you. Because we give it our all to ensure the Cougs can too, be it injury prevention, rehabilitation, or orthopedic surgery. And we do the same for you. Intermountain Utah Valley Hospital, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Learn more at Intermountain Sports Med- You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal, David Shaw. Here's our conversation. Yeah, you know, even having a difficult season, um, you just look up and it's it's the last game and you feel for the seniors, you know, you want them to go out the right way and uh, you, you want them to have an enjoyable season at the same time. Like, man, this thing went by really, really fast. How would you describe this season for your program? I know it's not what you wanted, but when you look at it as a whole, what really stands out to you? Uh, I would describe it as rocky. I think we started off with a lot of promise. The injuries have been very, very difficult. Um, and at the same time, we've had some of our seniors that have played great football this year um, that I think have raised their draft stocks. So I think we're going to have a bunch of guys drafted this year. Um, you know, Caillou Kelly, I think, has been outstanding. Uh, Kendall Williamson won't play in this game, but he's had the best year of his career at safety. Um, but we got a bunch of guys, I think, that have played really, really well. Michael Wilson had a great year, although he's out. Elijah Higgins, uh, I think he's had a big-time year. He's helped himself as well. So a lot of individual great performances. Our kicker, one of the top kickers in America, you know, hit a 61-yarder last year or last week, um, and, and this is, is perfect for the season. Um, he's been one of the top kickers in America, so we've had a lot of those positives, um, but also some difficulties that we've had to fight through. I've got to imagine from a coaching standpoint, when you go through these in terms of the wins and losses not being what you want, it's it's how your players handle that adversity and how they handle it day in and day out. And then on game day, it sounds like you feel like the team overall has handled it pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we played a month without our starting offensive line intact. Um, we played multiple weeks without any of our starting linebackers uh, healthy. Uh, we've missed multiple safeties and corners and receivers and lost all of our running backs. Through all of that, you turn on the first quarter of any game and you'll see our guys go out there and fight. You know, Utah is a great football team. We, gosh, we finished the first quarter, I believe, 7-0, right? We took it to them from the very beginning. Uh, this past game, we played three really good quarters against Cal um, before our injuries caught back up to us and some of those guys that were out there struggling, couldn't finish the game, and Cal made enough plays to, to, take, uh, to, to take the win. So our guys have come to fight, come to play. They banded together. They played extremely hard, even through a difficult season. And I expect nothing less uh, than our guys coming out to play as, as best as they can play Saturday night. Coach, Cougar fans are really pulling for you in that Utah game. I hope you know that. 
there's no question about it. I, I, I can feel Cougar Nation every time we play Utah. <laughs> Look, now, I'm not sure why I had it in my head that these two programs have faced each other more than just twice, but that's the entirety of this series. It was back in 03, 04. Is it safe to say that maybe your biggest experience going against BYU and the Cougars has been on the recruiting trail? Uh, there's no question about it. You know, we recruited against BYU, gosh, I don't know how many times a year. It's every single year. And what I love about it, it's very respectful. I have so much respect for the coaching staff at BYU, so much respect for Tom Homo, uh, for who he is as a man and what he's done as an administrator there, um, and, and the institution itself. Um, it's a beautiful campus. It's a, it's, a, it's a great place. And so all of those things makes a lot of sense that we should be recruiting the same people. I've said it many times. I think the state of Utah is under-recruited, uh, high-caliber football with some great athletes, um, with academic, uh, great academic backgrounds as well. So um, it makes only sense that, that we would compete against each other uh, on the recruiting trail and now, for the first time in a long time, compete against each other on the field. And one of the guys that you competed against was for your quarterback, Tanner McKee. Give everybody an idea of what type of season he's had and, and just what type of guy you see from him day in and day out. Tanner is a special, special person. Never, never a bad day. Uh, positive energy every time he steps in the room. He's tall. He's long. He's got a quick release. Um, he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, we'll see if he wants to declare for the draft or not this year. Um, I've, um, of course, waited a bated breath, bated breath to see if that, what that decision is going to be. But I think the, the thing for him this year has been the health of the guys around him. Uh, there was a stat first half of the year that when he's in a clean pocket, um, he's the highest rated passer in America. Um, we just played the middle of the season without starting offensive line and they lost all of his running backs. So it became difficult for us to do what we wanted to do, the balance that we wanted to have to take some pressure off of the passing game. We just haven't been able to do that. That being said, every single game you turn on, you're going to see multiple NFL throws. He made a throw last week going to his right with a guy in his face, you know, threw the ball 20 yards over a defender's hand, outstretched hand on a dime on the sidelines. I mean, that's just an NFL throw. And this guy can make all of those throws. Um, you wouldn't necessarily call him a runner, um, but he's athletic enough to get out of danger. Um, made another great throw against Utah where he had to avoid a blitzer and off of one foot, you know, threw the ball 30 yards down the field and hit our guy and get down to the five-yard line. So um, this guy's capable of making big plays, but more than anything, he's a high-caliber individual who's a great leader for our football team um, and is somebody that you want to spend time with. BYU started the season strong, hit a lull in the middle of the season. Now they're hoping that they're kind of pulling out of that, having won two in a row as they head toward a bowl game. When you put on the tape of the Cougars, what stands out to you? Gosh, the explosive plays, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, they've been able to make those play-action passes. Quarterback has scrambled for some big, big games as well. Uh, defensively, they kind of have a different approach to everybody that they play. Um, they're able to stymie your running game, make it difficult to run the ball. And they've been able to get after the passer as well. So all of those things that, that we attempt to do as well, um, they've done pretty well in the last few weeks. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was Stanford head coach David Shaw. Back to wrap things up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Stanford Stadium in Stanford, California, as tonight the Cougars and the Cardinal play their 2022 regular season finale for BYU. It's the second-to-last game of the season with a bowl game still to come. For Stanford, this is the swan song. At 3-8, and eight, there will be no postseason play for David Shaw's team, and after four consecutive losing seasons, Shaw's coaching seat getting a little bit warm despite his status as Stanford's all-time winningest head coach. I'm your play-by-play presenter, Greg Rubel. With me is the former BYU quarterback, the sling and scramble and southpaw himself, Riley Nelson. And Riley, the Cougars come into their regular season finale with a little bit of momentum and halfway through what they hope is a four-game win streak to end the season. BYU 6-5 and five after back-to-back wins. Wins today and in the bowl game would mean an 8-5 and five season and not a bad way to end the independence era. And with the way things are going for Stanford right now, this is a game in which you think the Cougars need to come, out again, come in and, uh, well... Uh, handle their status as a road favorite. A loss here would be very disheartening. It would be, and this is a team that at times during this 2022 campaign has done has been caught in the dynamic a little bit of playing down to the level of their opponents so coming out tonight in a game where they are favored against a team that they should by all metrics uh, defeat handily it would be a a, two, two things. It would be another notch or another win in building upon the this late season success of this 2022 season. And second would be a step forward in the program to obviously it's not a good thing to play down to the level of your opponent. You want to come out consistently and play to your best or as close to your best as possible. And that's uh, what I hope to see from the Cougars here tonight. He is Riley Nelson. Coming up after this break, we'll hear the pregame words of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are live inside Stanford Stadium as we get you set for the kickoff of BYU and Stanford just after the top of the hour, 8-10 Pacific time, 9-10 Mountain is our official kick time, so it's a late Saturday night 
For those back in Utah, Stanford, the only Pac-12 team BYU's never defeated. The Cougs 0-2 all-time against the Cardinal. Both meetings came in the Gary Croton era. Stanford winning in Provo in 2003. And then again at Stanford in 2004. The two teams are scheduled to open the 2031 season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. And tonight, the coach talks about maintaining momentum, coming off back-to-back wins and knowing that a bowl game is just around the bend. Yeah, I feel really good about our team and about the preparation this week. Uh, really good practices, you know, and so I, I, I'm looking forward to our guys putting it together and, and building off the momentum from from last week and obviously the bye week and, and, and uh, Boise before that. So I feel good about the, the, the group in all three phases and just really excited to get out to this game. Okay. Uh, what about Stanford? Uh, There's a team on a, on a four-game skid right now, and they're not going to be bowl eligible. How dangerous can, can Stanford be at this point? Yeah, a, a lot for them to play for, meaning it's, a, it's their senior day and so we know how excited they'll be for this game. It's just uh, we have to do our part, you know, and, and, and um, this, is a, this is a senior day for us too, you know. We, we don't know where we're going bowling, but this is the goal is to end this uh, and, 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 and empty everything we got into this game and then recover and prep for the bowl game. So uh, I, I know that uh, they have a lot of pride. And you watch the film, there's a lot of good good coaching going on, and, and they've, they've been um, stricken with injuries. And so, um, you know, I said it before, you heard me say no one's going to feel sorry for for us and our injuries and, and no one's going to feel sorry for them too we just got to get out there and play and our 11 against their 11 and for 60 minutes and we'll see what happens what are a couple things you do see on film from Stanford on things you expect today maybe on both sides of the ball yeah really talented quarterback they can spin the ball there's so many different ways uh, they've, they've had a string of injuries but it's not like there's nobody behind them they have some really good depth and good looking kids you know maybe a little bit inexperienced but I think they've gained some experience in the past and then people I have to keep reminding people that this team beat Notre Dame you know, so um, on defense, they, they can they can disrupt, they can cause turnover, things like that. We'll have to we'll have to be on point in all three phases. We have to play a really clean football game. It's your first uh, road game since the Boise State win, and that was kind of a well, kind of a late season turning point for you. Yeah, and, and a lot of fun getting the guys. Uh, you know, just to be in places. There's guys that played at Boise and never been there before, and then uh, obviously there's guys that have never been here before. And so the, there's a there's a, a lot of excitement going to a new venue and a place they've never been before, but also to see the fans in, in, in a different part of the country. How is it for Houston? Hey, Mooley playing his old team. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of excitement and energy going into this game. Uh, obviously, he has a lot of respect and love for this this university, and, and we have a lot of respect for Stanford too. We, this is a you know I really respect their head coach and, and their program and their coaching staff and obviously their players and so they're all class it's just about us going out there and playing a game against them on the field and and we'll see what happens but I, I feel good about our, our preparation and, and our, our guys readiness for this game okay a couple of personnel notes uh, uh, people want to know if certain linebackers are going to get back at any point this season primarily a Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley what's their status for today uh, it looks better for Peyton in the bowl game but not for this game and then Max is not available this game as well and so um, you know we're, we're hoping Hoping to see if there's going to be good news for them in the bowl game, but uh, right now they're not, not able to go to this game. Um, there's a few others that are in redshirt mode, um, the young guys especially, but I uh, really feel good about the rest of the guys that are there. I mean, we haven't had those guys for a number of games, and I think Ben Bywater and Keenan Peely and, and the young freshmen have really stepped up. Pepe Tondovasso has done some really good things in the past few weeks, and so uh, another opportunity for these guys to make more plays. When do you think you'll know about a bowl game? 
Any sense? On I'm that? guessing probably next week uh, we'll know more about their their availability for the bowl game and even just not. I mean, just to even oh, where yeah. you're going. Yeah. No, we don't know where we're going. All, all we're excited about is that we're going somewhere. Um, you know, we didn't get a tan like you did in the Bahamas or anything, <laughs> but we're we're excited to go. It doesn't matter the destination. I think our guys are excited about the the extension of the season, and uh, we're really focused on this game right now. With Thanksgiving in the mix, how was the work week for you guys? Yeah, it was good. It was, it was always good to, to have that gratitude and the appreciation for the guys to share the uh, what you know the, the appreciation they have for their family and their loved ones, and uh, it puts things in perspective for them. And so I think that this this is a great week for for all of us, for the entire country, and and, and especially for college football. And, and so I think uh, let's build on it for for with our players, and our program, and let's have some fun. Man, I'm looking forward to these guys playing. You've coached in this venue with other teams in the past, but BYU hasn't been here for quite a while. Your thoughts on this venue and being back in California where the uh, where Cougar Nation fans can come out and support you? Yeah, I, know, I see everybody over here wearing hoodies and coats, but it's, it's actually really nice, you know. So the weather's nice and, and um, a little chilly, but I think our guys are ready for it. And, uh, it's just nice to be here, and I, I served a mission here in this in this area. So uh, my grandpa's from here, so there's a lot of connections that we have to this area. But also, there's a lot of guys on our team that that have a lot of connections to the Bay Area. So just looking for, looking forward to, to just having some fun, man, and seeing all our fans that are going to be here tonight. Did you know that Stanford's the only Pac-12 team BYU's never beaten? Well, here we go. Yeah, I think uh, we said that there's a lot to play for, and then let's be uh, you know let's be the, the the BYU team that's that's beaten Stanford. It's never been done before, so. Uh, we're looking forward to, to the matchup. Alani, great preview. Thank you for the time. We'll talk to you post game. Let's go. Go, Kooks. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The NutraCost Cougar kickoff show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Stanford Stadium in Stanford, California. Off times, Stanford is referred to as being located in Palo Alto, but Stanford is actually its own locality neighboring Palo Alto. So indeed, we are coming to you from Stanford, California for this regular season finale between the 6-5 and five BYU Cougars and the 3-8 and eight Cardinal. BYU on a two-game win streak for the third time this season. Stanford is on a four-game losing skid for the second time this season. This is the NutraCost Cougar kickoff show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens joining us from the sidelines and in the Zions Bank end zone. For big time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. Our scoreboard host is Jason Shepard. Our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our studio engineer, Barry Squires. Our spotters, Jake Murphy. Coordinating producers, Terry South. Our control board operators are Logan Gardner and Sean O'Neill. Our broadcast interns, Brett Hammer here at the stadium and Colton Potter 
back at BYU Radio. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can listen in on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, as well as on the BYUradio.org website, plus our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. And be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. Search your podcast and look for BYU Football by BYU Radio, and you can get that there. You can also get that on the BYU Radio app and at BYUradio.org, all those archives and highlights. Just look for sports or shows and then find the BYU Football logo. That's the housekeeping. BYU's regained its footing somewhat after that four-game slide took BYU from 4-1 and one to 4-5 and five midseason. Big win at Boise State, followed by a bye week, and then came last week's 52-26 home win over FCS foe Utah Tech. Few complaints about the offense. Yes, BYU punted five times, but did gain almost 700 yards and topped the half-century mark. On the other hand, 26 points are the most an FCS team has ever scored against BYU. Utah Tech gained 130 more yards than Baylor and scored more points than Baylor did against BYU. Utah Tech gained almost as many yards as Oregon did against the Cougars. Now, this Stanford team is not really good on offense right now. The Cardinal last scored more than 20 points in a game in early October. Riley, BYU's defense, though, needs to rise up and make some plays tonight. Stanford is playing out the string in a way, and the Cougs are prepping for the postseason. They need to play like the road favorites they are tonight. They sure do, Greg. And the reality is saying, oh, we're thin at linebacker. We're down at this position. We're down at that position. Well, guess what? So is the Cardinal. So it should even things out, which means that it's going to be equivalent sets from the offense and the defense playing against each other. And uh, in, in that kind of equivalency, BYU needs to perform better than they have in recent weeks. Not necessarily that it's going to determine the outcome of the game because I do believe that BYU's offense will be able to put up enough points to win this game. But more that this defense needs to prove to itself, to its fan base, and to the media that they're not... You know they're not the team that we've seen at points of the season. That there is substance to them. That the changes that have been made by way of play calling and some of the scheme and those have been effective, and really build momentum into the off season. Where not only are you preparing with these with these current guys, but this defense and defensive scheme needs to be one that's attractive to incoming recruits and potential transfers. Mm. I'm, I'm going to set a modest expectation for this game. I want BYU to score in every quarter. Is that too much to ask? No. It didn't happen last week against an FCS team. It needs to happen, though. It last happened six games ago. And just scoring in every quarter is is a huge component of success for BYU. In the Kalani Sitaka era, when BYU simply just scores in every quarter, that is just be consistent in the game. When the Cougars score in every quarter, they've won 16 consecutive games and are 27-2. and two. That's just by scoring every time out. And the Cougars have done it three times this year, but not since the Utah State game. In, uh, in late September. All right, we'll have more of the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues after this live from Stanford Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
is at Stanford to close out the 2022 regular season. The Cardinal playing their sixth and final home game of the campaign. Stanford's official home attendance average, just under 31,000 fans in this 50,000-seat venue. There should be and already is a lot of BYU blue in the stands here tonight. Always good to see the royal blue in the building, and we plan to see a lot of it on this evening. With each passing game comes the discussion of which BYU players are playing their final games in royal blue and the other shades of blue at times. Puka Nakua has already accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl, an indication that he could be moving on, although nothing is set in stone. But the biggest question is whether Jaron Hall will be back for one more season. Jaron has had an excellent year. He ranks in the FBS Top 25 in a number of statistical categories. His athletic abilities are unmatched in BYU's current quarterback room. And with Jaron Hall, BYU would have a really firm base from which to operate in its inaugural Big 12 campaign without Jaron Hall. BYU would be starting from scratch with no experience at quarterback, barring a transfer portal addition. Yes, BYU returns a lot of talent at wide receiver next year, running back, tight end, but with a new QB, the BYU offense would be expected to take a step back just as BYU steps up to face tougher competition week in, week out in the Big 12. Riley, what are the arguments that you could make for and against Jaron Hall leaving for what he hopes is an NFL future after this season? My first and foremost would be that quarterbacks are playing till if you're good and a long-time starter, you're playing well into your mid to late 30s. So the whole uh, the adage that's been played up so much by the media that BYU players are so much older because of their missions and this and that, well, really it becomes irrelevant. I point to none other than Taysom Hill, who turned 27 in his rookie year, left BYU at 26, which, by the way, Jaron would be younger leaving BYU than Taysom was. He's still in the league because he found a way to be uh, to contribute to his team, and they see value on him, so of course they keep him there. Those same opportunities are there for Jaron, whether he leaves this year or next year. My other argument for him to stay is that if you want if it, and it's it's a little bit recency bias. I wonder if some of the struggles for Zach Wilson were that he went into the NFL after playing that COVID year where the majority of his competition was against G5 opponents. Why not take a year and test your medal against P5, uh, a P5 conference like the Big 12? Week in, week out. Week in, week out. What a better way for two things. One, show the scouts and potentially improve your draft status and your, and your uh, talent evaluation. But two, develop as a player and maybe make that learning curve or that on-ramp into the NFL a little bit less steep by going through the first slate in the Big 12. And then the last one would be he's a legacy player. His dad played for BYU. He's already going to be one of the most memorable. Every game, you know, last last week he was passing Gifford Nielsen on some things. It'll be interesting to see who he's set to pass in different categories this week. If he comes back and plays another year, he's now rather than being somewhere in like the 10 to 15 where he kind of sits now, I mean, the opportunity to be maybe a top five production quarterback by way of numbers in BYU and further cement his family's legacy with the organization. So there's my plea. I know he's not listening, but if his parents or his wife or anybody who's got his ear is listening there, uh, to make those points would be very much appreciated by this Cougar fan and I'm sure many other Cougar fans out there. And if anybody were in Jaron's ear to say now is the time, what's the argument they're using there? to jump yeah yeah it's uh you know no better time to start than now you're never gonna you're you can only the the best way to prepare for nfl is to 
test yourself against NFL talent. And so go. You've proven it. You we've seen guys like uh, I don't Matt Barkley's the first one to come to mind. I know that example is ten years old, but he was slated to be a super high draft pick and uh, comes back for another year at at USC and ends up being a I think a, a late second round or a third round guy where he had the potential to be a top ten pick. I don't know where Jaron's evaluation is going to be. He had a little bit of an up and down year. Uh, of and, course, and could he could he maybe have a window or rather he's waiting for a number to say if I'm here I'll really consider going and if I'm not I won't. Yeah, the argument. So uh, he's going to be able to put in for his draft evaluation. And in my opinion, it, uh, if if anybody's asking for my advice, if you are if you are pretty much a lock to go in the first two, maybe three rounds, probably as a quarterback in the first three rounds, then that's pretty justifiable. If you are questionable or on the bubble that you're going to be in the third or you're a mid to late round guy, I mean, the and, and especially where NIL can subsidize it, he becomes more and more of a ha- household name so he can generate. A, we all know that he has a wife and children and other uh, family responsibilities. So, um, But there. Who am I to say, it's easy for me to say put off uh, a year of fulfilling your childhood dream. So that would be another feather in the cap of argument of him going now. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU's comfortable again with Jake Oldroyd as its place kicker. Since opening the season 5 for 10 on field goal tries, Jake has made all three of his field goal attempts over the last three games. His next field goal will be his 50th, and he ranks third all-time at BYU in field goals made. He's made every one of his PAT attempts this season and has made 78 in a row as he extends his school PAT record with every kick made after touchdown. Riley Jake's another one of those guys who was honored on senior day. But if he comes back, and I think he obviously should, he's, he's a kicker and, and has had a, an up-and-down year, uh, he could still go down with another year of kicking as one of the best ever to do it for BYU. It's such an interesting dynamic that these players who have gotten this extra year of eligibility through COVID are facing to where they're, they're kind of, at least academically, they're in a weird spot in that they're pro- they've got their degrees. They can't necessarily get into you know, a, a, a super competitive or, or maybe the master's program of their choice because of the academic demands that that would place on them. Yet they're still football and maybe they're getting pressure. I felt that and my, uh, and I didn't have COVID to deal with, but it, when my time at BYU ended and my draft evaluation came back as one that I was a, you know, I was a very much on the bubble guy as far as getting any opportunities to play beyond college. I felt the pressure of like, well, real life is beginning. You know, I was just yeah. married and it's like, hey, get out there. You got to start being providing and being the breadwinner and all that stuff. So I know these guys are, are facing it, but uh, if the guys like me, and hopefully they, they've got some advisors for them who can say, listen, real life starts soon enough. Enjoy and take advantage of every opportunity that you have to play and don the Y for BYU and increase your legacy and your contributions uh, and uh, keep adding those lines of history to your football career. Let's catch the tail end of our national anthem here at Stanford Stadium.
We're back with more of the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Stanford Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Stanford straight ahead. 8-10 Pacific time kick here at Stanford Stadium. BYU 0-2 all-time against the Cardinal. BYU's defeated every other Pac-12 team at least once, but Stanford is the only Pac-12 nut the Cougars have yet to crack. We'll see if the Cougs can finally add Stanford to their Pac-12 tally tonight. Stanford's quarterback is a player who once upon a time was coveted by the Cougars coaches, but returned missionary Tanner McKee has not had the kind of season or to this point the kind of career maybe he envisioned when he committed to head coach David Shaw. His passing numbers are pretty average. He does not have any running ability of which to speak. Uh, most importantly, Riley, doesn't have a lot of help right now. Uh, the Stanford offense really struggles mightily to move the football and score it. Uh, th- th- this team, when they do win, win low scoring affairs yeah and i mean this is a shadow of the program that was pumping out uh, heisman trophy finalists and you know and toby gerhardt and bryce love and christian mccaffrey and all these and dalton and schultz and dalton, and, yeah, yeah exactly and i i think part of the reason is that uh it's been harder and harder to recruit here because teams have or sorry today's high school football player has less and less interest in lining up with three tight ends and a fullback and just grinding out victories like they did during the andrew luck days and uh, like we mentioned some of those glory days so it's been tougher to recruit and i think they find themselves with a little bit of dearth of talent and when you add on top of that all the injuries that they've expect that they've experienced now going back to tanner mckee at the quarterback the quarterback is two things one they are the the product they are most dependent of, of the they are the sum of all the production around them. So they get elevated artificially or, or inflated when the guys around them are playing at a very high level, but they also get drugged down mm. when the guys around them are either by injury or not. So that's what uh, Tanner McKee is experiencing. I mean, fundamentally, he looks okay. I hear he's getting draft or he's getting draft evaluations that are pretty high. He's projected to go. But, boy, the production and the wins sure haven't been there. And it, it, just as a football player and a competitor, no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, you want to – you want your hard work to be validated in the terms of you know at least as a quarterback passing for some yards throwing some touchdowns and ultimately putting some check marks up in the w column as we head to break time now for today's player to watch brought to you by vid angel skip offensive content and movies and shows when you watch with vid angel learn more at vidangel.com and riley nelson who's your player to watch in tonight's game against stanford my player to watch is Keanu Hill. After his, I want to see how he follows up his uh, really career day performance last week against Utah Tech with the three touchdowns and the 160 plus yards. I'm really interested to see how what does Stan, will Stanford do the same thing that Utah Tech did and sell out to stop Pukunakua and open up those opportunities for him. I mean, really, my my eye is uh, on the entire receiving core, but the segment is called the player to watch. Right. So the player that I've selected for today has been Keanu Hill to see what his encore performance looks like. All right, that is Riley Nelson coming up. We'll head down to field level and talk with our third man on the crew, Mitchell Jurgens, as the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this, live from Stanford Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, to BYU and Stanford coming up in about nine minutes. BYU looking to end extend rather its November win streak to eight games under Kalani Sitake. BYU 19-5 and in November games. BYU tonight playing its last ever regular season game as an FBS independent. Riley, it's... Uh, been 12 seasons of dramatic ups and downs and over the last few seasons as the schedules gradually increased in difficulty independence turned into kind of a p5 boot camp of sorts so the cougars have been prepared as well as they could have been for the big 12 riggers ahead i'm genuinely intrigued to see just how competitive byu will be when they start playing conference games again in about 10 months time and as a segue into what you might say to that, we're watching in the commercial break a Big 12 game in the monitor overhead, and, and you're seeing two 6-5 and five teams, Oklahoma and Texas Tech, in a high-scoring affair here in the uh, in the Big 12. Oh, and it's physical. I mean, this is a dog match or a dog fight. Guys are just... Cu- I mean, they're they're having to stop for injury, and this thing's going tooth and nail for two teams that really don't have much to play for. So it's it, it, Independence has been quite the proving ground. I was part of the program when we moved from the Mountain West into Independence, and our schedules were basically at that at that time glorified Mountain West schedules with a couple of random, uh, you know, with a couple of P5s and a couple of random teams thrown in. Now it, it looks like a smattering of different P5 opponents with maybe some Mountain West mixed in. So credit to Tom Homo and the rest who been involved in the scheduling and flipping that dynamic and preparing BYU to be in the Big 12. Look, you're never going to be able to simulate it and you're not going to be the, the best way to prepare for it is actually being in it and having to, you know, play that conference late in the Big 12, but credit to coach Home or to Tom Homo and coach Sitake for doing everything they could to prepare BYU for this moment and uh, I'm excited and I'm here for it for the ups, the downs, the struggles, yeah. the triumphs and all that it will bring. Yeah, regardless of how well BYU does off the off the get-go in the Big 12, it's going to be great to be in a league again where every week you're scoreboard watching, rivalries are developing, new venues are being explored, and you're in the mix and you're in the running for something. We talked in the, in the pregame with Chef about when you're an independent, once you hit loss one, everything you know, certain things go out the window. When you get lost two, certain things go out the window. Well, in the Big 12, a first loss, a second loss, a third loss, you could still stay in the mix for a lot of good things, and that's going to be a great thing about being in a league again. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens, Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, senior day was a, well, kind of a mixed bag when it comes to performance for BYU. Offense was very good. Defense was just okay. Special teams, pretty solid. It'd be nice to see a truly well-rounded effort against a Stanford team that is only playing for pride tonight. They haven't won a game, Mitch, in more than a month. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. You know, we have, we have yet to see a game where BYU excels in all three aspects of the game. And honestly, no better opportunity than tonight to do just that against a struggling and, and really depleted Stanford team whose season appears to be on the decline as of late. Um, however, as favorable as it, as it looks for BYU, this is a Stanford team that has talented players and a team who will most likely empty the tank tonight. 
Um, I talked a little bit about this in pregame, but Stanford has nothing to lose and knows that this is their last game of the season. So expect Stanford to throw anything and everything at BYU to finish off the season with a win in their senior night. Um, BYU needs to be dialed in and ready to go. They need to clean up some sloppy, some mistake-filled football that we saw last week with the penalties, 11 penalties, and also blown coverages that led to some scores for Utah Tech. Um, and, and lastly, let Jaron do what Jaron does as he's been in a rhythm, passing for career highs in back-to-back games. Um, should be a fun one tonight, Greg. Mitch, thank you. Coming up next, Riley's Ford keys to the game, starting lineups, and the opening kick. This has been the Nutra Cost Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Stanford Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.